Yeah, so give it up. Welcome to the Dean Measures podcast, uh, where the music is drastic, the measures are drastic, the bars are drastic. That means they are far-reaching with a long-lasting effect. Now, in case uh, you've got some newcomers here and you don't know, this show is all about music. It's about musicians, and it's about where those two things intersect with social responsibility. At its core, it's a conversation about the importance of music and its creators in today's society. I am your host, Ryan Harris, a.k.a. King Midas, a.k.a. Dean Measures, a.k.a. Sir Lupalot. I have spent 20 years in this music business working behind the scenes to help thousands of musician makers effectively share their art with the world. And it is my sincere and humble pleasure to highlight up and coming artists and discuss their views on some of today's most controversial topics. Drastic. Okay. So um, before we get into, you know, um, you know, today's topic and today's guest, I just want to lay a few ground rules. Um, there may be some conversation pieces that are a little bit uh, taboo for some people. There may be some language that's a little bit strong, but uh, we're going to do our best to keep it family friendly. Um, with me today from Las Vegas, Nevada, I got an up and coming artist named Thesis. Now, I met this gentleman a few months back and got the chance to chop it up with him about several topics that are near and dear to me concerning the music business and the current state of hip hop. And what stuck out to me most about this brother was his work ethic, crazy work ethic, crazy passion for his craft, and most importantly, his professionalism in presenting his brand. Got a chance to listen to some of the music that he's working on and that's about to come out. And I got to say, I'm impressed. So uh, without further ado, y'all give it up for Thesis. Yeah. Yeah, we like to make a lot of noise around here for people that we bring on. So soaking in, man. Yep. Thesis, what it do, baby? How you doing? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. It's a little bit cold down here in Houston for some reason. Somebody got a weather machine or something. I don't know what's happening. It'll get cold for like a day and then be hot the rest of the week. So it's one of them days. I saw it. Came out here in Vegas. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I see you looking looking good, man. You looking fresh. Keep yourself together. Yeah, man. You know, I always got to try to stay presentable for the most part, man. That's even just getting everything together, you know. Have right. to uh, take the hell with us, but you know, we we here. Absolutely, we here. absolutely. Listen, so I got a chance to man listen to uh, the music and really, really catch on to your brand. But um, I know you're new to the um, you know to the, the hip hop scene and new to some of the listeners here of the Demons podcast. So do me a favor, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your journey. How did you get into music, and when did you first find out that you had a talent for this art form that we call rap? Uh, man, it, it literally goes back into, you know, childhood stages. Um, as, as a child, I remember, you know, me and my mom, you know, and, and my siblings, you know, we went through our rough stages in life where we, uh, you know, originally coming from Little Rock, Arkansas, we had to uh, make a brief transition from Arkansas to Illinois, you know, Chicago to Illinois. And um, out there, I was able to uh, bond with my uncle on my mom's side. Uh, rest in love, my uncle Mark, Mark Harris. Uh, miss him dearly. He he was um, an inspiration to me as a child because growing up with him, you know, when I when I got there, you know, like, you know, everybody got that uncle that, that you know, 
practically kick their nephew by their side like it's their son, you know. And uh, he used to take me everywhere, man, but he was into music. Um, I remember just, you know, going in his room and just looking at all the posters. So that's one of the first rooms I seen where it's like, you know, you had all these hip hop posters and, you know, uh, right. uh, just, you know, just catch your eye or whatever, you know, then him having this stereo set up, you know, his headphones, you know, uh, he, he was deep off into it. I mean, all the latest, you know, music at that time, but uh, he was a real Snoop Dogg fan, though. You know, he yeah. was, uh, I remember that's the year uh, Doggy Style album first came out. Doggy Style. And, uh, we, Shout out to yeah. Snoop. <laughs> so we we went we went uh I went with him to the to the store, you know, and he had bought it, you know, and um I remember riding in the car and we bumped in on the way back and you know, I guess at that time for him that was an inspiration for him to, you know, uh even with him doing his music, you know, he started writing a lot too. So I used to watch him write and that that kind of put me in the stage because I wanted to be like him, you know. I would I would sit there and watch him and then I would start trying to do it. I remember sometimes he would laugh at me. As if, like, you know, I sit down with the little notebook. He's like, what would you doing? I was like, I'm writing like you. <laughs> you know, okay. writing whatever. You know, he just cracked up laughing at me or whatever. You know, I remember a couple times he'd like, rap stuff. You know, and i try to rap or whatever. He just said, just, just tickle him or whatever. But yeah. watching him do that, you know, um, over that time with him, man, I just, that, that's where it starts, I would say. Yeah, Definitely where it starts because um, that transitioned into, you know, us going back, you know, to, um, Little Rock when I left him, it was just something that was forever imprinted on me, like pressed on impression on me or whatever. And uh, and uh over the years, as years passed, uh when I ended up settling in Las Vegas with my father, you know, in, in middle school, you had your group of friends with everybody, you know, vibing together, you know, we saw always, you know, having fun on this freestyle, you know, playing around with it, freestyling, listening to our favorite song, you know, I was all kind of artists that inspired me during that, that phase of that, that time, you're talking the 90s. So, you know, you had Tupac influence, you know, still Snoop influence, Dr. Dre, uh, you know, Death Row was, was, was definitely the thing. I mean, let's go East Coast, Biggie, Mace yeah. and all of them. Like it was so many different ones. And then being with the experience of Midwest, you know, of course, Twister, you right. know, Hugs and Harmony. Like I had so many different, you know, people that that just caught my attention at that time. So a lot of influences. Of it sounds like a lot yeah. of different influences yeah. from both coasts. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the time I hit high school, it turned into a battling thing because that's when the battling was in. So okay. you know, I used to freak out battle all the time. We in high school beating on the lockers and got a hallway full of people out there, you know, that's, that's surrounding you, you know, and I was pretty good at it at that time. So a lot of people, used, you know, if they find somebody in the school that they felt like was hot, they used to be like, oh man, y'all got a battle, y'all got a battle, you know, whatever, we'll do that. And um, over that time, it transitioned from me and my acting manager now, who used to rap with me, you know, um, his father bought him a recording studio set up when we was in the 11th grade. Uh, that was his birthday gift because his dad used to see us always out there, you know, rapping all the time. So, so thesis, let me let me ask you this: What was the turning point? At what point was you like, listen, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do full time. This is what I want to spend my time on, my my life on, and pursuing and sharing with the world. What was that turning point for you? During that time, during that time, because I realized how serious my homeboy was. Um, mm-hmm. We actually both attended, which is community college down here, College of Southern Nevada, for uh, you know engineering course or whatever. 
that was in my passion at the time. I ended up leaving that because I was more so on the, 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 the writing side of it. But what it was, it became serious with him because in order to record, he had this rule, you know, freestyling. You have to sit down and you have to write. You know, gotcha. we're not gonna go over here. That's curious. Yeah. I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that. Let me let me just interject if you don't mind, because yeah. a lot of artists nowadays the, the 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 I guess popular thing is to not write. I don't. Right. I just get in the right. booth and go. I don't write. Right. I just right. get in the booth right. and go. So what I'm hearing you say is that's not you. You 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 put pen to pad whenever you are actually doing definitely your creation. Definitely. Definitely. I got you. I got you. Now why is that? What what is the difference for you? What is it that you think? is uh the, the what do you gain from doing pen to pad as opposed to just coming stream of consciousness out the top of the dome in, in the booth you know you know what i realized at that point is because he said something valuable to me during that phase he was like man you be freestyling sometimes and you know he was like you don't remember what you said and you say some of the loudest things and he was like you know i honestly believe if you took your time to actually sit down and write a song you know, and actually embedded in stone, then yeah. Now you do have people that can freestyle and actually freestyle the whole song. I mean, I've been in those sessions. I've actually done it before, but it's like, you know, I freestyle, I mess up, I stop, I pick up where I left off. Right, and, right. And, and that's actually how most people are doing it too. It's not, it's rare that it's a, a full song, you know, one take right. all the way down. Most people are kind of going line by line. Even Wayne, when I see Wayne in the booth doing it, he'll go yeah. line by line. Now they, he's picking what he's saying. This, you know, he's coming with some bars. Oh yeah. It oh, ain't yeah. necessarily a pen and a pad. It's just line by line, mouth to the mic, you know, putting it together. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. That's cool. That's real cool. So would you say that well, let me ask you this. I ask everybody this because here again at the D-Message Podcast, we believe that music is magic and we believe that musicians are magicians. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you can wield that power of music to uh -huh. influence people, that's me, that's a superpower. Y'all are like superheroes to me, you know what I'm saying? So um, with how I think like that, like my question for you would be, what would you say is your strength when it comes to this music shit? Like is, is your strength um, in, you know, wordplay? Is your strength in melodies? Is your strength in, you know, st songwriting, storytelling? What would you say is your strength when it comes to um, this music? Definitely songwriting, storytelling. Um, another another thing is uh, the, the delivery process of me, you know, uh, in, in the matter of which I, I form my, my bars or whatever, you know, um, I've gotten that a lot where, you know, they like, oh man, the way you switched it up, you know, I liked how you, you switch it up, how you tend to switch it up. Also, I think the, uh, I have, I would consider my style more of an abstract style, uh, the way I come, you know, with, with my approach to it, but to be versatile with it too as well, you know. Uh, I've never heard that thesis. I've never heard the, of the abstract style, like elaborate on that for me. Like, what do you, what do you mean by abstract? Um, for example, like, you know, most people, when they come off, uh, like the producer would tell me, he was like, man, you know, you, where, where people expect me to come off at, I don't come off. I come off before the, the drop or after the drop, you know, uh, the way that I ride the beat, you know, as far as it goes, uh, I think that played a lot of a role in me developing my particular style of, of an artist that I am, you know, as far as that goes. And definitely just my ear for music, you know, man, like I have this thing where it's like, you know, when I when I do hear a track, uh, you know, uh, our producer presents something to me and I'm listening to it, man, I like to I like to catch every element of that, that beat and also allow that beat to speak to me. 
before I even before I even began to form form words that I would put in the pad to because I want to be connected. So if I feel like if, if that beat is talking to me, then that puts me in a position to talk back in a manner that brings the best out of me. Got you, got you. That's amazing because I think the thing that is um, that is key when it comes particularly to rap is is having your own style and having something that sets you apart from um you know because because rap is rap tends to be such a um it can be just a flat line um performance um when you're just talking about spitting bars or just you know you're really you're talking on time you know so having yeah. some sort of uh cadence or some sort of um unique way that you approach the beat is is definitely important and i just got to say um when i'm listening to to some of the stuff that i listen to like uh particularly um a million dollars i love that joint you know what i'm saying like i was banging it all last night and um you know the, the way that you lay the hooks on there the cadence that you have on the verses um is impressive you know what i'm saying so um, i see what you're saying um but yeah i had to have you elaborate because a lot of times people when people say abstract you know the first thing yeah. you might think is weird what does that mean <laughs> you know I, but, I, but no 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 i actually embrace weird on that because okay. that's that's a part of what i feel like i want i don't want it to to be predictable yeah wanted, i wanted to throw, I, I almost wanted to throw the listener off a little bit to actually see where I'm going because by the time you will get, you know, about midway through it, you'll be like, okay, oh, I see, you know, in what a direction that, it, that, that he's going with it. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, that can work against you or it can work in your favor. It depends on what the listener wants to listen to. But if, if they've had the opportunity to really listen, then uh, more so often they come out liking it versus like, oh, nah, man, you know, that, yeah, you know, I, that was, I, you know, you know oh, man, I don't like that, bro, you know, or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's something that I've always, like, you know, strive for with, with being a writer as far as I know, which is why I like to take my time writing. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, speaking of writing, we get ready to segue into our next uh, our next section here on the, um, on the podcast. And it's really my favorite section because it, again, speaks to really our, um, you know, our, um, our the whole the whole reason for why we do what we do. Yeah. It, you get get a chance to really, really get under the skin and, and see what people think about the world and what they're doing to address those thoughts and feelings. So we like to play a little game here called What You Think About. And the way it oh. works is I'm going to say, yo, thesis, what you think about? And I'm going to say a specific <laughs> word okay. or I'm going to say a specific name okay. or I might say a specific topic. And then you get x number of minutes to pontificate if you will about that particular topic person personality or thing so just for example i might say something like yo thesis what you think about my man james harden right you might run off with something now me particularly i'm not really happy with james harden because he left us <laughs> dry <laughs> but the man can ball I ain't gonna hate on him you know what I'm saying he, he can do what he yeah. do I, I just want him to get a championship and stop you know scoring scoring don't get you championships but anyway I digress alright so that's that's the way we play the game so to get into the topic today okay I'm gonna say yo thesis what you think about Joe Rogan um not really big on him I, I can't really give a, a, a honest this assessment of what I think about him. Um, let, let, me be, 
let, let me be more specific. Joe Rogan, we're talking about the multi uh, multi million dollar deal uh, podcaster with Spotify who uh, got a lot of controversy this week and last week for using the N word on his podcast. Oh, you know what? You know podcast. what? You are yeah. correct. You are correct. I did read an article on that, yeah, and they yeah. canceled a, a couple of his um, yeah uh, podcasts for that. I know a couple of artists have. Uh, uh, petition to even have their stuff removed from his content. Right, know. right, absolutely. And uh, you got like Indie pulled her music for Spotify. Yeah, 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 Indie yeah. Okay, I did, I did read up on him, but you know, I, I, from me reading it, honestly, you know, like I said, um, we we're in the time where cancer culture is is real. Yeah, you know, um, I, I I I wouldn't want to pass a, an immediate judgment on the guy to, to speak on his character because see, I haven't really had enough time to really just go through and check out a lot of his podcasts to see what he really stands for. So you know, in, in his time, I, I, in my honest assessment of him, how I feel, I, I'm kind of like in a neutral standpoint, like, hey, you know, to each his own. At the same time, you know. Um, yeah. You learn from what you go through, you know, yeah. you shouldn't hit it or whatever the case, you know, you use it. We already know what times we're living in. Yeah. Um, you know, if he if, if 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 he's in a position that he's in to be such a big person like he is on Spotify, I believe that that's something that you gotta think about. You know, how they say choose your words wisely, you know, before before you speak, you know, all of that. So Absolutely. So I mean, I hear that and I guess for me, it's one of those things where it seems like the way he was using the word was taken out of context. But yeah. again, to your point, I don't think any person of the Caucasian persuasion should ever be using that word on a public platform. Ever. Exactly. You know, that's exactly. just that's now that's my personal opinion. I've talked to the, lots of other people who and people of color who have varying and different opinions about it. Um, yeah. But as it pertains to hip hop, that seems to be such a um, such a, a touchy subject because it, that word is prevalent in all of hip hop music. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you've got it in some of your lyrics. Um, yeah. It's in lyrics, you know, of any of the top 50 rappers that you can right, hear, right, hear right. in music today. So, you know, my question for you is, you know, as as for where we are right now in the culture, Okay. How do you okay. feel about that word? Do you feel like it's time to 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 let that go, or do you think is is cool to continue in light of situations like the Joe Rogan situation? Um, given the fact that you know rap is such a popular, probably the most popular genre in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's a word that we don't like to hear from people from white people, is it something that we should stop using in the music that we're selling to them? That right there is a, it's, that's a good that's a good assessment. I would say to that honestly, I mean, being in the culture that we are in, and this is just it's it's, it's a part of everyday use. But it's like okay, even in our black culture, right? We can say it's, it's black culture with uh, a brother is talking to a brother, and they using the term nigga, or a female talking to a female, and they using the term bitch. But then, right? So it's like okay, you can call your homegirl a bitch, but if I call you a bitch, you upside my head. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, things like that. And I think it's it's almost in the same embracement of going on a racial standpoint of it. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, some people say, well, hey, uh, you know, you can say nigga, but you can't say nigger. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And in, in, in the terms of which you used it. But then you right. have to also with people where they try and, you know, this is the racial standpoint of it where I feel like 
a white person that, that tries to embrace black culture and, and a part of that they feel like that word for some reason makes them accepted to be able to use that word but then you have to decide they use it condescendingly too right you know and in a jokingly manner oh what's up my nigga you know yeah. something like that you know and you know okay well what was your intent by saying that so i think it's right. it's, it's it's meant our culture is our culture i mean yeah. it's something that we what we've always been through i also think man in this time man that you know with everything is so sensitive you know it's a sensitive time of, of months just the world period that you know it, it, if boundaries should be set then if it, if it was meant to be set they would be set but we just don't live in that world right now I think it's just a matter of understanding the side of it and choosing to use your words wisely on it. Uh, me I try <laughs> if this is me I'm saying I try Right to control my use of it in the music or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it rolls off so naturally you don't even realize you even wrote it down. But isn't that the point though? Like, like why does it roll off so naturally? Now let me let me preface that question with this. Okay. I'm, I'm actually I'm I'm torn because I understand that I understand where the word comes from. Like if you ever seen right. like the movie Roots, right? Like when you right. watch when you watch Roots, the the white people in Roots aren't saying nigger, they're saying nigga. They're, they're right, they are saying right. nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh -huh. nigga is just, you know, the A is just a, like a Southern slang version of the nigger, right? Yeah. So it's right. kind of the same thing. So it makes right. it even trickier, right? And mm -hmm. then fast forward to the 80s, hip hop starts coming around, right? Mm -hmm. Black people almost have been programmed to use that word you because they've been called it so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it start, it's, I start to think, all right, is this, you know, is this some sort of a, you know, a, a mental condition that we have because we've been conditioned, we've been called that word. And then we hear some of our hip hop leaders say, okay, well, that's our word now. Like we, we've taken that word and we've, we've flipped it and we've turned it into a term of endearment amongst each other. Well, when they hear it, they don't hear it as a term of endearment. They, in my opinion, Right. the ones who are racist because I'm not saying all white people are racist but yeah, the ones who are racist they don't hear it as a term of endearment they hear you calling you yourself what they've been calling you right 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 you know what I'm saying so right. I'm kind of torn because I'm like you know it, it it seems like it's self uh self-deprecating and it feels like it's um you know condescending even though we say we're trying to use it as a term of endearment and then yeah. even still it ain't always used as a term of endearment it's used as a term to to degrade even amongst ourselves yeah. sometimes uh, ourselves. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. i'm saying so i don't know man like i love hip-hop you know i'm a hip-hop head um but if hip-hop is the you know being a hip-hop head and embracing black culture is the prerequisite for using that word. I can be honest, there's some white people that, that are bigger hip-hop heads than I am. They know more shit about hip-hop than me. So I don't want to hear them saying that. I don't want you, don't call me that. And I'm not going to say it around you. I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it around you. I cringe when I hear if I'm listening to uh, Boys in the Hood or yeah. if I'm listening to you know NWA around somebody of the Caucasian persuasion because I know what that lyrical content you know is... Um, you know, is is filled with, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man, but I just thought it would be an interesting thing to, you know, understand from a from a rapper and an artist standpoint, how you felt yeah. about that word, particularly how somebody so prominent like a Joe Rogan um, is in trouble for using it right now. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, yeah. you know, it's an interesting situation. All right, so enough of that one. I got one more for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more for you. 
Bill Cosby. What you think about Bill Cosby? Man, definitely. Um, <laughs> that was a conflict one too, because it's like, man, he, he's a legend, but then you always left with that 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 thought in the back of your head, like, bro, did you did you do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, so um, you got you got that split down the side of my side culture. You got people that still gonna stand behind them, just you know, and like, oh, they just trying to ruin this legacy. You know, they're just right. trying to do this. They're just trying to do that. But we don't know what went on in the background before as all of that goes. You know, I hated to see somebody like him because I grew up watching the Cosby Show. Right. So, right. That was definitely standard, that was like the standard definition for black family. You know, example of black family. You know, right. and to see how he said that tone and that example and that and to go from that to being behind the scenes is being pretty much a predator to a standpoint of what they painted him out to be. It's just a, it's, that's one of those things where it's like, damn, guys, like, damn, bro. You know, like I, I hate to see it, but I don't, yeah. you know, it, it could be his word against there. They say it's pre-sized to every story, your side, they side and the truth. So the truth- How you is, know he wasn't doing favors? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's something that could just be that we'll never know. You know, we'll never, we'll never know. Then they, they put the conspiracy where oh, he tried to buy NBC or whatever, or ABC network or whatever, you know. Yeah, I want NBC. To yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, and, and he wanted to do that, you know, and, and you know, uh, maybe put more of an opportunity out there for black shows and all of that type of stuff. And maybe that's why they did it. It's always yeah. some type of weird conspiracy behind things. Now, I can't say this, every time somebody comes up, when it comes to that and it comes to a prominent name, it's always something like this that comes and take them out. And it's, it's, and it's taking out a lot of our legends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, now, now if we would say, all right, Kelly, like, nigga, you just you got caught up. You had <laughs> hate. You know what I'm saying? Right. Evidence. You, you, can't, you can't get out of evidence that. Evidence. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that right there is a different standpoint. But then look, Sony Snoop out there, bro, now he's getting allegations of what he possibly may have done to to a, a woman in the past. But why wasn't this brought up when Snoop was still just regular Snoop? Why why does it come at these times? Right. So, right. you know, yeah. it, it, it always gets like, they're destroying us at the same time. We got to wonder at the back of our mind, like what have these individuals done behind the scenes that led them to even be at that point? Right. Because right. if you fly low, you stand out the way, then there should be nothing that can come, you know, in your direction. Right. I think particularly people like Snoop and R. Kelly, um, yeah. you know, a lot of what got them in trouble was exacerbated or accented by, you know, the music and the shit that they be True. talking about in their music. And, you know, even in some of the stuff that they do on stage and in performances. So, you know, again, going back to kind of the central theme of, you know, our conversation, social yeah. responsibility, you know what I'm saying? When we see these kinds of things happening in society and when we understand that, you know, us as musicians, because I, I get out on the beats too. I, you know, I just want to yeah. let y'all know I, 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 I still do what I do. You know, we, uh -huh. you know, we interview the thesis. But, uh, <laughs> um, us, I'm going to say us. Uh -huh. As musicians and um, artists, recording artists, you know, let me ask you, do you feel that we have a social responsibility versus art is just art and I, as an artist, should be able to say whatever I feel right, without right, the right. consequences thereof? Like, what's, what's your thoughts on that? I do believe that, that uh, 
to 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 be successful and in a position to do that, then that, that should come with a social responsibility because at the end of the day, we're trying to leave an everlasting impression on our listeners. Now, you know, we we did we we've spoken about this or how the power of music, the musicians, the magicians standpoint of it. I mean, if you if you the energy you put in the song that you display in the song is the energy that it's going to send out and touch people with, you know. Right. So to to you, I think each artist should think about what they what they standpoint is. But you do have artists that believe in that. Like, okay, I want I rap about riding on niggas and shooting niggas and this and that and, and all of this, and that's what they stand for. And they know that's what they're doing. And they know that somebody's probably going to go out there and listen to their song and go ride on somebody or shoot somebody to their lyrics. And, and right. that, that's their social standpoint of it. They don't care about social responsibility. But then we live in a hypocritical time where you, you, you rap about this, but then when you caught up, now you're preaching righteousness or you want to get out of the way of what, what you got yourself caught up in. You also got artists losing their lives behind it now. You know, so I think I think as a, as an artist, what I like to look for in it is that yeah, I've always tried to put a message in everything I write, and um, I've never, in my standpoint, um, promoted that type of music. You know, doing that type of music, I've avoided doing features with other you know up and coming artists based off of what they may have stood for in their songs. You know, I'm no saint. Uh, I come from a, a past of being in the streets out here. I, I, I come from a past of being gang related. I come from a past of, you know, all of that. I've been in the prison. I've been through all of these type of things. But when I got out, that's not what I wanted me to be. You know what I mean? I, I, when I got back into music, that's not what I wanted to promote. Right. You know, it's, it's, it, it has to be a reason there behind it, especially because the devil was, was, the, was one of the greatest musicians. Yeah. Oh yeah, he can, he can manipulate you through his sounds, and 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 you become his follower. Absolutely, music is spiritual, you know. So it, it depends on on your standpoint on how you want to do it. But we do the power can be used for good or evil. Absolutely. Yes. So we we should it should come with a social responsibility, I believe. Absolutely. But getting people to fall in line with that is another question. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, you know, it's like it's like, you know, if you look at Star Wars, you look at the Jedi's, you know what I'm saying? You know, you had Darth Vader, which was one of the, you know, the greatest Jedi's, but he was evil. You know what I'm saying? And that's just kind of a, a reference point point for the fact that, you know, power is amoral. You yeah, know what I'm saying. But it's what you do with the power is what makes it moral or immoral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of what we're dealing with right now, particularly here in society. And when you look at everything that's going on in in uh, media, and when you look at it, what's happening in tech now with TikTok and uh, right. how everything is so fast and so uh, quick and accessible, you know, right, and right. music is so fast and quick and accessible. You know what I'm saying? And kids nowadays have, like my kids can get on in the internet and see shit that I never would have saw, you know what I'm saying, as a kid their age, you know what I'm saying, just because, like, I ha as a parent, I have to watch out for that, for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are dangers and things that we didn't have to face when I was, you know, a teenager or when I was a grade schooler, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate your point on, um, you know, the understanding that artists do have a social responsibility because I believe that to be the case. I honestly yeah. do. I think that, um, you know, if you are going to be on a platform or elevated to a platform where thousands of people can be influenced by what you say and what you do, that's mm -hmm. power. 
And with power, great power comes great responsibility. And unfortunately, um, everybody don't see it that way. So again, that's what we do here at, you know, on this podcast is we like to talk about that kind of stuff. With that said, um, I just want to ask you, you know, I know you have a few things coming down the pipeline. Tell the people what you got coming up in the future. Um, definitely. Right now, I'm in the mix of completing what I'm calling the process. Uh, it's a series of EPs. Uh, it's already one out. EP1, opening statements, is uh, pretty much out on all social platforms or whatever. Um, okay. It's going to be a series of uh, one through four. So right now, everything is the process. And, with, and by that, I mean, you know, even with me getting back into the groove of, of you know, putting myself back out there, I wanted to showcase the actual start to ending of going through the process of, of creating music, you know, your creative process, your approach, what, you, what you're putting out there, what you're talking about, you know, to uh, give people a little bit more of an understanding of who I am with each, each with, with each EP, I should say. And um, that right there is, is, is my main focal point right now is to um, make sure that all those are completed because I'm, I'm building up for my album that will be coming after that, which is the uh, Life First Dream. And the reason why I'm building up for that is because we all go through that as artists. Um, everybody got to deal with life, especially when you're talking about independent artists, up-and-coming artists. You always got life that seems to conflict with the dream. It's so, it's so rare that they tend to just work hand in hand and you just, you know, floor. You just, you know, you soar, you, you elevate. Because there's always something on this end and it's always these, these times where you have to make these choices. You know, is is your choice gonna be to let life get the best of you, or is your choice gonna be to keep pushing through it? Because there's always gonna be hurdles we gotta jump over, you know, right. to get where we gotta get to, and that comes with sacrifice. So that's what I'm building up to is to um, get people to know who I am through the process, and and actually lead them into life first to dream. So pl- give us the plug, man. Where where, where can people find you at? What's your IG or your? You know, um, yeah, um, everything is pretty much. Uh, if you go to my uh, my link, which is uh, actually I have it right here. It's a uh, solo. We got it. Oh. Yeah, we, we got oh. it. You just put. We'll put it up on the screen for everybody. But what's your? You got an IG handle? If people want to follow yeah, you on so IG. IG uh, is uh, at thesis underscore one p m e. That's t h e s y s underscore one p m e. Uh, same thing on TikTok, uh, Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me on all of that with that spelling, as far as it goes. So, most definitely, yeah, most definitely. We gonna we gonna uh, make sure that we get all that in the description so people can check out uh, this project, uh, this EP, this first one, uh, the Open Statements Process EP. Uh, that's available right now on all streaming platforms. Um, man, listen, like I said, that that song worth worth a million. That's my joint. I'm feeling that one. Thank you, I'm, man. I'm feeling that one a lot. I know y'all did the video on favors, but you know, yeah, <laughs> the production on on worth a million, <laughs> yeah, hook, all that. That thing got me, got me. That's, that's what I wanted to uh, showcase on that, man. Like you know, yeah. and that was the reason why I was like in the process. That that was one of the first ones because I was like, I, I feel like the process is worth a million. Everything right. that we're trying to do is worth a million because of the, the, the effort, the teamwork that was put into it. Um, just to have people, you know, around you that believe in the common goal, the common dream, you know, to put that as something that's that's worth a million to me, you know, as far as that goes. And hopefully uh people out there will will start to see that 
as time progresses and passes, you know, they'll be able to see exactly what we're doing. And they'll also be, uh, we call it the, the documenting. Um, so everything we do, it shows the whole creative process from behind the scenes, from, from sitting on the couch brainstorming to actually recording rough draft verses to actually recording the finals to actually get into the video shoots and everything. So um, once we get all of that lined up, you know, get, get that narrated and put together, you know, that's going to also follow along with the process. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Listen, before I let you go, I got one more deep question for you. One more okay. last deep question. And I ask this for all my guests. It's important. Um, how is what you're doing this year going to change the world? I would say along with what we just spoke about with social responsibility, um, every song that I'm, that I'm putting out there has a message to it. Uh, the, the intent for people to hear it, it's going to be a lot of things that people are going to hear from me on my songs that's actually deep life experiences and in hopes that, you know, when somebody else, you know, you can hear something and, and like I said, music can be emotional. You know, it's, it, there's emotions and, and feelings inside the music. So when you hear that and relate to that, um, I feel like that, now I'm not saying that I can change the whole entire world, but I believe that after this year is up, that even the small amount of people that took the time to actually hear, listen, understand and feel, it will make a difference in their life because everybody goes through some things and sometimes they just got to hear it from somebody else. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's some of my deepest moments. I feel like my best work is my deepest songs because we can harbor stuff, we can harbor, you know, emotions inside of us, experiences inside of us, and it, and it just stays in there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of people don't know how to talk about it and get it out or man, properly to get it out. With me, my painting comes to doing the music. And by me getting it out of me, I feel like I just digested something once I'm done. And then to hear it played back, that's something that I know when I play back and I hear it, I'm like, that's something that I was really holding inside of me for a long time and I actually got it out now. And those are the ones that I expect by the end of the year for people that follow to 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 hear because I know that we all share similar experiences. Like even if you didn't experience it, you may hear it and it, it may be something that's that's forthcoming for you that you'll be like, oh. You know, and you, it's, 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 meant, it's intended to inspire you yeah. to get past that, you know, Definitely. to do better. So, I, in the sense of us talking about the social responsibility, that's kind of the approach that I do take with my music. Like, if you hear No Grudges, yeah. you know, No Grudges is a song that was literally meant to you speak to people about holding no grudges. I specifically talk about life events that happened to me and took responsibility for my own part in that, in those lyrics, as well as saying, I'm holding no grudges against nothing. And whatever happened, that's because to hold it means I'm holding it in. So grudges that, that could have turned into grudges, I was able to digest that out into that. And that right there set me free, you know, Absolutely. emotionally and mentally, you know, as far as it goes. And that's how I was able to, you know, keep it's therapy. Forward. It's like therapy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, my brother, I appreciate you again wholeheartedly for giving me the opportunity to sit with you and build with you for these past 30 minutes. Yes. Um, stay in touch with me. I got all your information. I'm going to be pumping the music every chance I get, letting people know about it. Um, but um, 
for all the audience members, I want to thank y'all as well for tuning in. Um, I hope this has been another inspirational episode. If you like today's content, please don't forget to like and subscribe. You'll see the buttons right there. It'll be somewhere like around here somewhere. Um, and then until next time, just stay actively creative. God bless. All right. Peace. God bless. Team Messes. Team Messes.